1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a AM member FDSE. In today's show, we cover the five biggest stories from the world of F1, including the French Grand Prix this weekend. The FIA are under fire once again. It's a legal battle for PK with new comments from Marco about VIPs. Goodbye 2022, welcome 2023, and F1 are not ready for new teams. Goodman, and you're listening to the
2: fantastic Cut to the Race podcast. Hello, my name is John Mylander, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant, and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast. Hi, I'm Johnny King, and you're listening to Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Crofi, you're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out,
1: and away we go. Welcome to News from the Nerds, the midweek news show brought to you by the Formula Nerds. Every Wednesday we update you on everything you need to know from the F1 world. This show is brought to you by the news team at the Formula Nerds and you can keep up to date with all the latest F1 news by visiting formulanerds.com. Now today's a bit of a special show I'd say for the nerds because it's the first ever all-female podcast show. Now obviously I'm here, Abby, and with me I have Delilah. Delilah! How are you? Is it as hot
0: in Italy as it is in the UK? It is, but I will have to say that we are well prepared for it, so I don't have any problems with it. Uh, Plus, I'm leaving tomorrow for the French Grand Prix, so it's still going to be hot, but at least cars are going to be on track, so that's going to be fine, I guess.
1: And with Delilah and I, we have a new podcast, That Catherine. Catherine, how are you?
2: I'm really good. I'm trying to deal with the heat in the UK. It's really different from Malta, but I'm, I'm sort of used to it, so it's not as bad. I'm, I'm not going to die. I don't feel like it, like everyone did. So.
1: Yeah, it's definitely hot. I think I've stood under the hose loads of times this week trying to get cool. So, let's kick off. This weekend, uh, F1 is returning to Paul Ricard for the French Grand Prix. Now, it's not just Formula 1. There is Formula 2 and W Series as well. But let's start with the Formula 1 news. Christian Horner believes that Mercedes will be quick this weekend and be a threat to both Red Bull and Ferrari. He said they're showing flashes of being there or thereabouts up at the front and they're showing some pretty decent results for them. Now, they have been the only team, I'd say, who are consistently scoring points. I mean, they've only suffered one DNF with George Russell in Silverstone. And Matteo Bonotto agrees as well. He said Mercedes is back. Do you guys think Mercedes will be back this weekend? I think F1 is
0: now uh, at the point of the season where, let's say, a surprise winner will come out eventually, I guess. So possibly, I think yes. I'm not sure whether uh, Mercedes will be able to be at that level of competitiveness of being in front of Red Bull and Ferrari immediately. But I do think that, um, given the conditions they could be in a position to maybe let's say aspire certainly to a podium because up until now they were on the podium if something happened let's say to one of the Ferraris or one of the Red Bulls so I do think they will have probably a more consistent weekend um, I'm not sure whether they're going to be there for the window.
2: I agree with Delilah too. I think that they will be there and they will be making Red Bull's and Ferrari's lives really difficult, probably. But I do not think that's like at the end of the season we're going to see them competing for constructors or drivers. And I do not think that maybe we will see them having a winner. They might do and maybe a race because I do think that something wrong is going to go between Red Bull and Ferrari maybe a crash for one of the teams between drivers, but I do not think that they're going to be as competitive and dominant as we have seen them in recent years, probably. They're just going to make lives really difficult and show that they're there.
1: That's interesting you say about them having a crash between Red Bull and Ferrari because obviously Ferrari have suffered quite a lot of reliability issues this season especially at Silverstone we all saw Science's Ferrari go up in flames and him struggle to get out but thankfully he did and also Leclerc suffer from throttle trouble but Science and Bonotto have faith in the team that they can solve these issues but Bonotto did say that it won't happen overnight, it is going to take a lot of time. When do you guys think they'll be able to have full confidence in the car that it won't break down on them during a race.
0: I have no idea at this point, to be honest, because I thought it was going to be uh, after the summer break, at least. Um, comes out, actually, Ferrari is expected to bring big upgrades in France and in Hungary. So maybe they solved the issue before. I'm not sure. What is certain, though, is uh, like high temperatures are expected in France this weekend and if they did not solve their issues, I yeah, I feel really bad for the race for for them to be honest. Um so let's hope not. But um yeah I technically I would say after the summer break maybe not.
2: I think it would probably be next year. I think that after having um quite a difficult time Ferrari right now are going through a redemption season. They are there, but they are not fully 100% there. Like, for example, Red Bull, they basically have the complete package. But I think Ferrari with those reliability issues, they are still lacking the complete package. And I just do not think that they can just get it in the middle of the season. I was hoping, like Delilah, because like I'm a Ferrari fan too, so I was hoping that after the summer break, They would bring out something. But while I do think that they would be on top of their performances, I still think that Red Bull will still be dominant over them. So I think next year, they would come back even stronger.
0: I will say, though, the one thing, I believe um, they already gave some of the upgrades to the Hus in Austria and we saw Mick Schumacher going really well. So if those are the same thing and he didn't look like he had any problems. um, So if that's the upgrades that are coming uh, and I believe they should be, then I would say that's technically a good news, at least. So let's be positive.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm a McLaren fan, but out of the title battle, I definitely want Ferrari, McLaren, Science to beat Red Bull. But you said Ferrari are bringing upgrades. Red Bull was supposed to be bringing upgrades this weekend as well. To the dismay of Sergio Perez, though, we saw him struggle earlier this season, but then he really found his footing and even battled with Max at some points for the championship, people thought. But he has now said that the development of the car, he hasn't been as comfortable with it as he was in the beginning, which we all know that Red Bull like to build a car around Max. He is their number one driver, effectively. He's defending his championship. So do you think it's possible that Red Bull have kind of brought new upgrades to favour Max more so that they do have Max extend the lead over Perez?
2: I think that after Jos Verstappen's comments, maybe Red Bull were put a bit under pressure because realistically Max is their project. He is Christian Horner's baby and he wants him to grow. And if they could, they want him to like win more than Sebastian Vettel did. So I do think that maybe they are trying to favour him a bit, which in my opinion is wrong because Sergio Perez is a good driver. Last year he helped Versed up in a lot in winning that championship so because in certain aspects of races he was the one that defended really well against Hamilton so I think that maybe they are
0: I would say to be honest that probably um, as the team kind of pushes the limit to reach Ferrari because at the moment they still kind of have the advantage uh, with the car I think Max is probably simply like the better driver when you have to be constantly on the limit so I don't think the upgrades necessarily favor max in the nature of the upgrades but more in the fact that max simply tends to perform better when you are at that sort of like level of extreme drive so I don't think it's something that is necessarily against parrots it's just probably for Max. At the same time, we do know that he tends to be good at giving uh, sort of, you know, the, not the advice, I would say, but, you know, to talk about what the what the car has. So probably it's also just natural and the team has listened to him for so long.
1: But it would definitely be interesting to see whether Leclerc can take back the championship lead or whether Max will still dominate. But it is also Formula 2 and W series, as I said. And at the moment, we have Felipe Dragovic leading the Formula 2 championship and jamie chadwick leading the w series championship delilah you're going to be there in the paddock what do you think is going to happen for w series do you think jamie can extend her lead
0: i to be honest i do see jamie just outperforming everyone every single week so far Uh, she is mental she is Amazing. Um, at the same time, I do think possibly because of um, the fact that the Pori card is maybe, you know, a circuit that other driver also have confidence with. Maybe they drove there before, they know the circuit really well. I do see potentially, you know, Powell pulling, um, getting confident with it, especially pulling. She's been having a great season so far and she's a rookie. So, you know, the way in which she's sort of developing through the season it's great so i do see her probably catching up
2: so next we will be looking at max calling the fia policing a joke which i think are quite really huge comments to make but this comes after the track limits warnings that a lot of drivers had in austria there were over 40 warnings given to drivers and pierre gasly Yuzo And also Sebastian Vettel, they all got five second time penalties for exceeding track limits. Now, Christian Horner, he thinks that probably the situation is going to get worse in France. We know there's going to still be really hot in France, too. It's going to affect the car's performance, it's going to affect the tires. I did a little um, look into France's weather this weekend. It's going to be 33 on Friday, 32 on Saturday, and 32 on Sunday. So, and when comparing the track, might be a bit, well, might be a bit hotter too. Do we think that the situation is going to get worse? And do we think that maybe the FIA, they need to relax a bit and even consider things that's like heat and tires, grip, they are all sort of contributing to the drivers exceeding track limits. And sometimes they just, they cannot take it, you know, like they're humans too. And I think that they shouldn't really be penalized for such
1: a small mistake. Yeah, I definitely think that the FIA is policing, especially like over 40 track limits. That's absurd because it kind of takes the racing out of it when you just keep penalising drivers. I mean, we saw Perez have a delayed penalty after qualifying, which then impacted Gasly's race as well. So I know Max said, how about they have one person look at each car every race and just watch that car and see whether it goes over the line, which is a bit much because I don't think like realistically that is not possible but something does need to be done because like you said Catherine the track the heat the temperature the tyres everything it affects it and you can't just penalise the drivers for it all so they do need to take that into consideration and I get that if they go off track and gain an advantage over someone else then yes that isn't great for them obviously but it's it's very difficult to please, but it does need to be looked up because we can't have over 40 track limits again this weekend in France because it just takes the racing out of it, in my opinion. I do
0: think at this point, especially at Port Ricard, it's kind of an old debate, to be honest. Like, every year we go at Port Ricard and we complain about track limits. Uh, and it's, it's good because, to be honest, there is a problem, but at the same time, we also always have the same conversation about it and the same problem and nothing really changes. I do think... It's about the nature of the circuit. I do think if you put gravel and grass, you know, things would get better. At the same time, there's a problem with that because if you need to use the circuit for other things that are not Formula 1, then you have another problem. So I do think, you know, it's a complex thing. I do also agree that probably we just need to make things easy in the sense that it's either like it's the white line you're either in or out like there is no middle ground um and at the same time I do agree I know uh, London always complained about how he got a track limits warning um to wrinkle a lap in which he lost like one second due to a mistake I think that makes no sense um so yeah I do think the policing kind of needs to change in the way of saying like okay if you already lost too much time it doesn't make sense um and it needs to be very clear but yeah other than that i don't think it's a it's an easy problem to fix
2: and as abby said they are taking sort of the racing away and when um i think as formula one fans we can all agree that when paul ricard is coming up we are We are not maybe, we are excited because we're going to have another Grand Prix weekend, but maybe we are all a bit like, oh, it's Paul Ricard because maybe it can be a bit slow. It's not that exciting, you know, just like other tracks. And so I think that maybe having such strict regulations on track limits as a track like Paul Ricard, maybe is going to make it a bit even worse because, well, at least last year, thanks to the Hamilton and Verstappen rivalry, we saw a really good French Grand Prix. And we haven't seen that in a while. But now this year, what if the teams play it safe? I mean, as you said, it's going to be really hot. The teams do not want to overheat their cars. They do not want to risk having any engine failures, electrical problems. So what if they go with that and the race just becomes more boring? Like, what do you guys think on that?
0: I think, especially after um, last week, Austrian Grand Prix, uh, I will say that I do remember last year in France, a terrible race for Ferrari due to the tyre management. Um, So I do think that's going to be the key point probably to like change up the race and see what strategy strategies they can come up with, whether, you know, um team orders will be in place or maybe different strategies or whatever. So I do I do see that as being probably the key point of the weekend.
1: Yeah, definitely. Time management will definitely play a part. And like you say, Catherine, teams might decide to play it safe to make sure that they do finish the race, which can be very boring for us viewers because we could then just get a trail of cars behind each other. But obviously like the cost cap has been a massive talk this season. And I don't think that teams are going to want to push so hard in case they do end up crashing or spinning out in on tarmac and hitting a wall or whatever, because they do need to watch the cost cap, especially the teams in the lower part of the field, like Williams and that they've all said that they can't afford as much as Ferrari and Mercedes and Red Bull and that so it will definitely be interesting I'm kind of excited about the French Grand Prix actually and how the weather is going to play a part in it all
2: you know I actually think that this is going to be another good Grand Prix because compared to last year we had a good Grand Prix and it was Hamilton against Verstappen but this year we have Verstappen against Paris against Leclerc against Sainz so it's, it actually sounds really good and speaking of Verstappen too. I think we need to put a little focus on the fact that he called the FIA policing a joke. And that's that's to say that can, that can be really controversial. Do we have any thoughts on that, especially after what happened last year in Abu Dhabi too?
1: I think Max is known for having strong words and speaking his mind and not necessarily holding back. But the FIA are the governing body and you should respect them and calling them or calling the way they handle things a joke i know they've been under fire a lot this season already with the new race directors and that but yeah it's very controversial i'm not entirely sure whether that was it wasn't the right thing to say but yeah
0: i'll be kind of the devil lawyers here and say that i don't think max probably meant the fia because he did say like he did say the track limits debate in Austria was a bit of a joke, not only in F1, but F2 and F3 as well. So he didn't, exactly say that the FAA policing of it was a joke, just like the track limits debate, which kind of makes sense because we already said that it's something like that we always repeat, repeat, repeat and again. And also I would say um, some rumours going around suggest that Sebastian Vettel walking out of the driver's meeting and then um, getting like a sanction for it was actually due to the fact that Fernando Alonso actually complained about the track limits um, and penalties from the week before, so maybe Maybe that was also part of it and how like the debate was a joke um, in the sense that it's kind of, you know, something that, you know, it's going to be a problem and you don't really solve anyway. So I don't know. Maybe he didn't really mean it.
2: Yeah, I do agree with that. And I, I did hear about this Sebastian vessel too. And I think, you know, I think it brings a lot of debate into this about how maybe the drivers and the team principals treat the FIA, I think. Because I think if you see other sports like if a coach or a footballer, if they offend the referee, they immediately get penalised for it and maybe in Formula 1 that is a bit more relaxed in my opinion, because even like last year you had the team principles that they could talk to the race director and maybe it was a bit too much. And I, I think we are still going to see a lot of incidents in Formula 1 that are going to really raise such controversy and I think that I think we need them because I think that there needs to be a big change in regulations and how things are done. So should we move on to the next topic? And this time we are gonna... We're gonna go on a slightly different note where we have PK. So Nelson PK is right now facing a legal battle for the racist comments that he said about Lewis Hamilton. He is at risk of getting sued for £1.5 million. Whereas we have Yuri Vips. So... Christian Horner said that Uri Vips is receiving educational program and uh, mental help too, so that he can help him with the racist comments that he has done online while he was on Twitch. But then Helmut Marko, he said that he has nothing to do anymore with Red Bull. Red Bull has fully released him, not driving, not receiving any help. And meanwhile, Hightech has signed him on to race in Formula 2. And the f i a raised his eyebrows about this, and they don't think that such action should be um allowed. so first of all, what do we think about p k and vips? because in my opinion, I think they are two completely different um situations. so we have nelson p k he's a grown man, he has been an experienced driver, and I think as a as a driver himself, he should have sort of more of a respect for certain drivers, especially like Lewis Hamilton, he's the only black driver in Formula One. He has won seven world championships, so it's pretty impressive. And then Vips, he's still very young. He said a certain word which he shouldn't have. It's very wrong. But he, then again, he's young. He probably hears it in most music that he listens to. And he probably doesn't know the true meaning of it. And maybe having these programs and having teams helping him can actually make him realize that what he did was really bad. And maybe he should be given a second chance because he's still really early. So what do you guys think about
1: that? For PK, I think the legal battle is a good thing. Obviously, like you said, he's been banned from the F1 paddock. But this kind of... It like brings to like the actual significance of what he did and what he said about Hamilton. Because we're in 2022 and... Yes, racism and homophobia and sexism are still a thing. I mean, we saw complaints from fans at the Austrian Grand Prix, but it shouldn't be. And for a former world champion, a fellow F1 racer, he should know what to say, what the right thing is to say. And to say that about Hamilton, I mean, <laughs> that's completely horrendous and horrific. So for him to be facing a legal battle, I think, is a good thing. I mean... million pounds i'm pretty sure in the world of f1 that's like pence it's probably won't even dent their pockets that much um but it is another consequence that is happening so that's good with vips obviously yeah he's staying with high tech for this season um and formula two weren't too keen on that they released their statement but it's interesting seeing the different comments from horner and marco because Vips is a young kid and mental health is, is such a big thing nowadays and more and more people are speaking out about it. Yeah. And I think he has struggled with the whole situation and obviously being dropped from Red Bull. But it is interesting seeing the conflict between Marco and Horner and Marco saying, like, we're not supporting him at all. It's quite nice to see Horner kind of take a fatherly figure I guess like providing that educational and mental health support so then he can learn from it and hopefully never say it again so moving away from legal battles and that let's move forward to 2023 now Fernando Alonso has come out this week and said that well he's urged Alpine to start focusing on next season because Mercedes are picking up the pace and Alpine don't think that they can necessarily match Mercedes so in order to be fighting where they want to be fighting at the front of the grid and getting race wins Alonso has said that it is a medium long term project for them and they need to focus on 2023 now so that they don't compromise next season. At the moment Alpine, they're improving from last year, they're currently joint fourth in the championship with McLaren on 81 points. But they're not as big as McLaren or Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes. Do you guys think it's worth them kind of putting 2022 on the back burner and just focusing on the 2023 car? Because obviously for smaller teams, it is difficult to keep both cars developing at the same time in parallel. I mean, it can make sense, but at the same
0: time, like... Now, I will say, Fernando Alonso knows way more than me, right? At the same time... If the car is substantially the same um, and these days in Formula One you don't have as much uh, testing on the truck, probably what you can do is actually use all the time that you have on the track this year to implement upgrades that you're going to bring next year, probably. That would make more sense to me. Uh especially because I think um especially with poor poisoning I think we saw that um it wasn't uh present in the simulation that they did. So I will say yes it makes sense to switch the focus to 2023, but that means that you are also kind of using actually the track time that you have to do so.
2: I agree with Dalila, and I I agree with Fernando Alonso too. So I just think that basically it's like th- This year it was, for some teams, they figured out what they were doing. For some other teams, I think that they were like, okay, we're going to have to learn from this because we do not fully know what the regulations are going to give us. So I think that if Alpine right now are at a point where we're like, listen, we have to learn because these regulations have literally just surprised us. I think it is worth to start and just focus on the 2023 car so the next year they, they can come out stronger. Well, with upgrades then, I think that if they do come up with an idea for 2023 and they think that they can afford to try it out in 2022, maybe they can try and get that track time in that way. And another thing is that, for example, last year, Ferrari, they were literally focusing on the 2022 car. They're like, listen, we're at a bad state in 2020. Bit of a better state in 2021, but we are still not there. So let's just give it our all for 2022. And I think that that is working out pretty well for them. So if Alpine are thinking of doing that, and it probably will work out for them in 2023, I think they should just go for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've seen um, obviously Alonso particularly has suffered a lot of reliability issues. He's DNF'd quite a few races. But Ocon and Otmar as well, they all seem quite happy with the upgrades that they've bought, saying that they're very encouraging because they are providing improvements on track. But they still do have a lot of work to be able to perform against Mercedes. But another team that has had a very unfortunate season, I think, is Aston Martin. They haven't haven't really performed that great at all this season. I think they've only been in the points a handful of times. And team principal Mike Crack has said that they have to find a way out of not performing well enough. And obviously it is a difficult decision because they don't want to end 2022 season in the state that they're in right now, which isn't great. We've seen them finishing at the back of the grid qualifying in Q1. And for them, it's not great. But then You also don't want to suffer next season, a bit like Alonso said. So Crack's trying to weigh up this decision for Aston Martin as well. For Aston Martin, do you think it's worth them focusing on 2023? Because 2022 just doesn't seem to be their year.
2: I think with Aston Martin, it's a bit of a more difficult one. Because when you had Alpine, they were actually being in the top 10 and they were competing against teams like Mercedes and so. I mean, Alonso was up there with Ferrari and with Red Bull. Sometimes we saw him finish in practice sessions third. And he also got, um he also finished in the top three in Silverstone, if I can recall correctly. So uh, we see them up there, whereas Aston Martin, they are not really close to that. And I think with Aston Martin, it's a bit of a tricky one because as we have previously heard, they are also trying to develop an engine for 2026. So are they right now maybe trying to look at a long distance future and maybe they can be stronger in the future then? Or are they going to try and adapt to a new regulations, which are basically 2025 only, and then they're going to have to sort of change it up a bit because of the new engine that comes in? And will it really be... Financially feasible for them. So I think you have to take that into consideration. And I think that for Aston Martin, one of the main factors that was against them, I do think that they do have a problem with the Mercedes engine. So because we did see um, like other teams that are Mercedes powered too, like McLaren and Williams that were um, struggling too.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I also know that probably uh, technically, I know Aston Martin got uh, quite some new uh people working for them uh maybe they're still in the like gardening period um so that's also probably one thing to take into consideration but uh yeah I would say Aston definitely kind of needs to see what they can do for the future because at the moment it's not working Talking about new things coming into Formula One, um, we know that there have been talks about the Volkswagen group coming into the circus, uh, especially Audi and Porsche. Um, What has been rumored was that a uh, partnership between Red Bull and Porsche was going to be announced in Austria, that Obviously, it didn't happen, uh, but it still looks like a, a probability for the future. Uh, at the same time, some news came out that uh, Sauber might be, so the current Alfa Romeo uh, team might actually uh, be taken over by Audi um, next year, with Audi uh, buying up to 75% of the team. Um, at the same time, uh, Ferrari team principal Mattia Binotto did say that At the moment, Formula One, the FIA and the constructors are not ready yet for Audi and Porsche coming in. Um, They said basically um, that they are not ready because the regulations for 2026 are still not prepared and they are still not completed. So uh, I do think that it's very interesting how effectively Binotto kind of confirmed that they are coming in so at least that we know of because it looks like it's not a matter a matter of if anymore but a matter of when um at the same time i think one of the good thing is he actually said that um, the conversation are being very positive and constructive and that Ferrari uh, compromised by accepting to um, take out the MGUH um, which of course uh, helps uh, the Volkswagen group coming in so yeah what do you think about that do you think uh, 2026 is still the like year you see them coming in?
2: I think I can see the teams coming in and it really gets me excited especially because i really like porsche so i would really love to see them in formula one i think the um partnership between red bull and porsche it does leave me a bit confused because i think are they going to maybe provide the engine because now red bull are opening their red bull power trains what is literally the um, um the partnership going to sort of hold? Is it going to be in partnership with relation to drivers too, like they right now have with their sister team, Alfa Tauri? And I think, would the FIA really allow such thing? Because I do not think that a team like Red Bull would be fair on other teams to have such partnerships with Alfa Tauri in regards to drivers. And then they would have that with maybe Porsche. So I think that needs to come a bit more into light. And then, I think Um. also, it would be good for the sport. But then again, when you have teams like, for example, Alfa Romeo, maybe Williams. And I, Hus is not up there. Hus, I think, is getting into the midfield table bit by bit. When you ha- but when you have teams that are really struggling, like Alfa Romeo and Williams, for example, I think it can be a bit of a danger to them, especially if the finances do not go well. Will they end up being bought maybe by other teams? Will something like that happen? I mean, Williams have already been sold from the original owners. So that might actually affect their existence in Formula One, I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, I think having more it could definitely impact the teams lower down the field, like Catherine said. But I think it's quite exciting to have like Audi and Porsche come in. And with Audi um, potentially buying Salva, like they said, at the moment, There's no room for new drivers to enter the sport because all seats are taken up. I mean, Oscar Piastri, he definitely deserves an F1 seat, but at the moment he's just a reserve driver because there's no space for him. But if you have Audi Sauber, for example, like Théo Borchere from Formula 2, he's part of the Sauber Driver Academy, so it could having more teams could open up more seats for the young drivers. And I mean, the last time we had 12 teams on the grid was 2012. So it could definitely be exciting in terms of racing and more drivers coming in. But especially with the cost cap, it is something to consider And that. With Bernotto's comments, I agree, Delilah, he did kind of confirm when they're coming in, not just if. And it kind of seems that they're, they're waiting to form the new regulations the new rules and that and then go okay now you're all coming in but it'll be interesting to see how they come in what partnerships they do form with current teams on the grid and what that means for f1 in the future
0: i think the positive news is definitely that uh, we are seeing a formula one coming back to actually being let's say useful in um, normal life so actually the Volkswagen group is interested because the technology can then eventually be applied um, to you know um, let's say normal cars Uh, at the same time I don't see the grid opening that much Um, so I don't think they're gonna have their own things. I just think they're gonna Uh, make partnerships because we have seen even just for Andretti that's causing so many troubles because we know that uh, with the budget cap um, and with the cost in general it's a bit of a mess because then you would have um, to divide uh, basically the final paycheck let's say uh, between more teams that would mean less money for everyone the teams don't agree with that because of course they would lose money so I see that is probably the biggest problems to it
1: yeah it will definitely it's definitely something to look at regarding the impact on all the other teams and maybe we'll see more team principals being more vocal about it but who knows we'll have to wait until 2025 2026 to actually see probably but that is all the time that we have no that is all the time we have for news this week Thank you, Delilah, for being here again and Catherine for your debut show.
0: Thank you. It was a pleasure as always.
1: Um, So,
0: yeah, let's see what what comes up in France.
2: Thank you for having me and I look forward for many more podcasts and let's hope for the best in France, I guess.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed, Ferrari have a reliable and good race result. But Delilah, have a nice time in the paddock. And thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so to keep up with all the latest f1 news follow formula and you can check us out on all socials on instagram twitter facebook and tiktok at formula nerds see you next time thank you bye And you're listening to the
2: fantastic Cut to the Race podcast. Hello, my name is John Meilander, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant, and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast. Hi, I'm Jordan King, and you're listening to the Formula Nerd Podcast. Hi, I'm Crockby. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights
1: out, and away we go!